Welcome to No Rain Date, a community podcast about local news and people. No Rain Date is a production of Saucon Source LLC. For more local news and information, please visit SaucinSource.com. Hello, and thank you for listening to No Rain Date. These are the news headlines for the week ending December 31st, 2019. In Lower Saucon Township, several candidates who applied to fill a vacant seat on Township Council have filed petitions with a Northampton County judge. Kristen Stauffer, Thomas Karochi, and David Yaragui are all seeking to fill the vacant seat, which is for a two-year term. This is after council deadlocked in two successive votes at their meeting December 18th. We'll have more on this developing story in next week's edition of No Rain Date. In Hellertown, a Nazareth man was cited for allegedly hitting a pedestrian near the CVS store on Main Street on December 12th. According to Borough Police, Joseph Pissarro Jr., 46, allegedly hit a woman who was crossing Main Street in a marked crosswalk at around 5 p.m. Police said Pissarra has been cited for careless driving, speeding, and failure to yield the right-of-way to a pedestrian. If you're feeling lucky, head on over to Sailors & Company to purchase a raffle ticket for the Saucon Valley Wrestling Club's annual meat raffle. This is one of the wrestling club's most popular annual fundraisers, and it also helps support the young wrestlers who are representing Saucon Valley. Here at Saucon Source, we are looking back on the news of 2019 as we head into 2020. On SaucinSource.com, you'll find a year in review, which highlights some of our most read stories from throughout the year. The most read story in 2019 was about a couple charged with allegedly fronting a retail theft ring at their business in the Q Mart. Some of our other big stories were about the closure of revolutions at Saucon Valley in March, about a double homicide at a campground near Quakertown in October, and about the death of a lower Saucon man in a wreck on Route 378 in Bethlehem. That was in September. We have 15 stories on the list, so be sure to check it out. There's also a number of stories about local businesses, including Wings on Main, a sports bar which opened in Hellertown over the summer. We'd like to wish everybody out there a happy new year. Hey, 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 Tony here from LVWA with your exclusive five-day outlook for Saucon Source's No Rain Date podcast. Today for New Year's Day, happy new year and welcome to 2020. Mostly sunny skies with a high temperature of 39 degrees with some breezy conditions this afternoon. Wednesday night, tonight, will feature clear skies, diminishing winds with a low temperature down to 25. Thursday will feature sunny skies with a high temp of 45. Thursday night, we start to see some rain move in. That'll be mainly after midnight with a low temperature down to 35 degrees. Friday, another washout. Rain expected just about all day long with a high temperature of 50 degrees. Friday night, that rain starts to move out of here 
we remain under cloudy skies with a low temp down to 42. Saturday will remain partly sunny with a high in the low 50s. Sunday, sunny skies, a high temperature near 40. And Monday will feature sunny skies with a high near 39. So we start, we're starting to see that descent into cooler temperatures, more seasonable temperatures here as we head into the latter part of the weekend and into early next week. And there are some signs of life here on the models going into the middle of next week and beyond as far as some winter storms go. So hopefully here we start to, to head into the point where we start tracking some winter storms again. You know, we've had this bit of a lull here over the past two to three weeks. So we are due to head back into winter here. So do not let your guard down. But that is all I got for you. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy your New Year uh, festivities. I will talk to you next week. We are excited here at No Rain Date to welcome uh, my friend and local business owner, Kevin Branco, to the podcast. Kevin is a Saucon Valley High School graduate, um, and he's also currently a candidate for state representative. So we're going to have lots to talk about. Here with Kevin is his good friend and our friend, Kenny Rampola. Kenny is a partner in Lost Tavern Brewing. And he's also the PAC chairman for Kevin's campaign. So we'll we'll touch base with him. Kevin, your family has been very involved in Hellertown. Your father was a borough councilman, your mom a business owner. How did that influence you growing up? All my life I saw my parents always being involved, whether it was local youth sports. You know, I remember as a, a little kid my mom um, selling t-shirts and stuff like that at the, uh, the, the midges football games, you know, the, the 105s and all that. I remember as a little kid not playing football but going up there and helping her set up her stand and everything and being a part of the community. Um, my dad was borough council president for who knows how many years and always involved with Dewey Fire Company and all. Uh, even outside that, my grandfather owned a business in town, um, one business lasting for 37 years just outside of Hellertown, Branco's Lounge. You always saw people, my family, in, involved heavily. So even when I was in high school, I said I want to get involved. And I was a student liaison to the Planning Commission and Zoning Hearing Board here in town. Hmm. Um, just trying to get my feet wet and kind of be in the know, kind of have a, have a say in what goes on. I always say, you know, back then, even now, don't complain if you're not willing to stick your neck out and fix something. Yeah. So, you know, growing up, I did the same thing all through college, get involved in different groups, you know, uh, uh, I was involved in a group called Presidential Ambassadors that really had a, a, a hand in developing the campus. And when a, a dignitaries came to campus, you, you show them around and, you know, really kind of welcome them to campus. And uh, I always said there, if, if you don't like how campus is laying out, go do something about it. Join a group that has a say in it. And that's mm -hmm. what I did. Well, you obviously have the background in politics, but you, are, you do have your hands full as a, a full-time owner-operator of a, of a business, Main Street Gym. What motivated you to want to run for office now? Well, it's something I always wanted to do. As far back as I could remember, I always, I actually did it backwards. When I was applying to colleges, I said, no, I want to go 
and get a political science degree. I want to get involved in politics. My mom told me to get a kinesiology degree because I liked working out. And I said, no, mom, there's no money in, in, uh, in the fitness industry. <laughs> I said, there's no future there. I said, I'll own a gym one day, you know, when I can retire and, and I'll buy one then. And uh, I actually, little did I know, I reversed that and, you know, took over the gym in 2011. Yeah. But um, uh, as Kenny knows, um, we work out every day together. And I just sit there and I watch both Fox News and CNN and I'm disgusted every single day and I'm always complaining to him about what's going on in the world and half the time I could tell he could care less <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's a good sounding board for me uh, um, so when an opportunity presented itself I jumped at it represent Pete Schweier from Allentown contacted me and said hey we think you'd be a great candidate to run against representative Simmons would you like to throw your hat in the ring mm-hmm. and um, I thought about it for about 10 minutes called my wife and she said, why didn't you say yes already? <laughs> so I, I decided there and then, there it goes. Time to, time to put your money where your mouth is and kind of say, all right, you're sick of what's going on. You don't like how things are running. Fix it. Right. Put, put your own hat in the ring. You know, go out, have a say. And this was actually last summer. This was, that right? was in August, August September? End yeah. of August, something like that? Yeah, because I remember I had the scoop on that. Yep. You gave me the scoop. Yep. Which I appreciate. And a um, few things have changed since then, including the uh, Representative Simmons announcing that he's not going to seek re-election. Correct. Correct. Um, unfortunately, he's going through some personal things, uh, from my understanding. I do not know him personally. I've only met mm-hmm. him once or twice in passing. But unfortunately, uh, rumor has it that he's going through some personal issues. You don't wish that upon anybody. Right. But he's decided to step down. At, at this point, I don't know who my Republican competitor is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the party will put up somebody. Uh, they'll find a strong candidate somewhere. It's going to be difficult to find, some, find someone stupid enough to run, <laughs> um, to actually put their head out and neck out like that. And open themselves up to the criticism and uh, the ridicule and, you know, everything else, and then actually have the opportunity run. You know, not everybody has the, the uh, support system and um, a spouse that's that accepting to be okay with it, let alone a, a professional situation where, you know, they might not be able to just leave their job or they might not have a business that they're okay hiring a manager to to run it, you know what I mean? Right. So they're going to have to find someone that fits those markers to kind of fall into the into a role. They'll find, I'm confident they'll find somebody. We have 68,000 constituents in our district. Right. And there's a lot of very, very smart people in our district. I'm very confident they'll find somebody. Just looking forward to find out who it is. Yeah. Yeah, you look at what, what Kevin brings to the table and you can call him stupid enough or crazy enough <laughs> to be doing what he's doing right now because... The guy kind of always finds a way, is what mm-hmm. I'd say. When I, you know, started the business, you were 24 years old yeah. when you took over the gym. Has just had a second son, uh, young family. His wife works crazy hours at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Our wives actually work together in, in different facets, both nurses at uh, Lehigh Valley and my, my wife as well at uh, St. Luke's. Mm-hmm. And But going in there into the gym every day pretty much with Kevin, <clears throat> whether it be a radiator that needs repainting, or somebody who's just gone through something really tough in their life, he finds a way to, to fix a problem. So when he's stepped up to this, I'm like, okay, so how many hours do you have in a day? Because, you know, <laughs> but 
like you said, you know, his, his wife Chantel is extremely supportive and his family and his friends. And he's got a great community around him at the gym that, you know, he's really helped create. And, you know, being in the small borough of Hellertown, I think it's really cool to see him stepping up to the plate and saying, why the heck not, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're excited and proud for him. And I think it's going to be a, a challenge and a fun challenge, but something that I think we all know that he can he can get done. And I mean, I can honestly attest to the fact, I mean, as a, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but a former member of the gym who's <laughs> fallen off the wagon. Come on now, because um, I was back. Yeah, 2020. Yep. <laughs> um, we'll year. talk about that later. Um, <laughs> but you have a gift for Kevin for, you know, communicating with people on a one-on-one level, like making somebody feel like, you know, they're, they have your full attention. And I mean, obviously that's served you well in business and, and that's something that uh, is a great characteristic to have going into politics. Um, There's not a person that walks through that door that he doesn't know them by name. And, you know, his, his client or his, you know, member count is pretty high at this point. Yeah. Um, 503 as of today. So wow. 503 people. And, you know, I, I kind of like shift my workout uh, around but his. nobody's counting you. <laughs> right? But I shift my workouts around when he's available, and we kind of work together to try to find a time to, to uh, work out like he does with all his clients. And it's funny because every day he comes in. I consider myself pretty decent with names, but y- you know Bob, Bob so-and-so in the morning. I'm like, no. If you, you know, when yeah. you see their face, I know who they are. But, you know, Kevin's just uh, just a, a great member of the community, and, and mm-hmm. he carries that through in every, every step of the business. So it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that's... I wanted to get your take on this, but obviously you're succeeding as a small business owner, a small gym owner hmm. in an era of big box gyms. We're dying you're, breed. Yeah. I mean, you're up against, you know, these slick marketing campaigns, $10 a month. We see the billboards. What do you attribute that to? Service. Mm-hmm. Service. Uh, um, listen, Kenny can attest to this. The service industry is, if it's not dead, it's dying quickly. The quality of service you get anywhere is just going downhill quickly. The the way any small business survives is great customer service. Knowing their name, you know, is is the bare bones that uh, a service industry person can do. When I walk into the brewery, I walk up to the bar and he's not even there. I walk up to the bar and his bartender knows what kind of beer I get and knows I always get it to go because I don't have time to sit and drink it there. Mm-hmm. Um, get in a crowler, which is a fantastic option if you don't have time to sit at the brewery, <laughs> by the way. Um, um, plug. <laughs> shame, shameless plug there. Um, but Maybe you guys should have a drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so um, like it's just that. I walk up to the bar and Dina says, are you going to get your odd fellow? Or unfortunately, sometimes because it is a great beer when it runs out, I walk up and she says, I'm sorry, we're out of it. I didn't have to tell her what I want. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's the mark of a good business, right? Wherever you go as a business owner, you constantly have to be taking notes, constantly. You go to a restaurant to get a burger, Look around. Watch how they treat their a successful restaurant, I should say. Uh, watch how they treat their staff. Watch how staff treats the patrons. Um, watch mm-hmm. how quickly things come in, and take notes. See how you can change your business to fit that model. The biggest thing uh, a little over a year ago, I went on a Disney cruise with my family, and Disney wrote the book on customer service, mm-hmm. and um, 
I was amazed that I was on the boat for 30 minutes and everybody I saw from the, from the ship said hi and knew my name. Like I was the only one on the ship. Like I had, yeah. like, a, like I was the president of the United States walking around. Everybody knew exactly who I was. It's absolutely amazing. So I figure if these people can learn my name 30, in 30 minutes, there's no reason why someone that is joining my gym and is a member coming in on a regular basis, no reason why I can't remember their name. There's a great book, uh, Dale Carnegie, uh, mm-hmm. how win friends and influence people has been out since like what the 30s 40s yeah it's books of all time, right? yeah, yeah. Um, I read it again um, just maybe uh, two months ago big thing that he talks about in there is the simple fact of remembering someone's name you adapt it to business and it makes every service business just kind of come up a bit you walk into a big box gym you're not going to get that you, you walk in and they don't care if you're there or not just as long as you pay they don't care mm-hmm. what you do, if you succeed in your goals, if you're on a vacation, they don't care. You know, they just don't. But when you walk into my gym, hey, how was your vacation? You just got back from Cape, uh, Cape May, right? Mm-hmm. How was it? You go every year. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So At least once a year. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, it's fantastic. And there we go every summer. But um, you got to know these things about your customers. Right. Yes. And I think Kenny's business in the Lost Tavern, they do it. They do it whether they do it uh, purposely or inadvertently, just because people care. Yeah. And you know their business is a little bit busier than mine in the fact that you know I have one employee. He has seventeen. Seventeen now. You know it's it's all about hiring the right people to support you. You know, mm-hmm. in my campaign, it's having people like Kenny around me and my wife around me and all the volunteers that have already stepped up and people that have donated already that really want to support you and, and really continue with your mission. And we were talking a little bit about this before the interview. Uh, Andy Lee, um, mm-hmm. owner of Braveheart and Tabs Tavern, is a campaign supporter and you're going to have Absolutely. a kickoff event. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So the, the uh, fine details haven't been laid out yet, but it will be uh, January 30th from 6 to 8 p.m. It's a Thursday night. It's a free event. It's uh, not a, uh, it's not a outright fundraiser. I want to gain support. Andy has been gracious enough to supply all the food for the event. So we'll have, um, Probably like a catered kind of chafing stations, you know, with some food out for everybody, enough to supply the, the entire event. DJ, microphones, stuff like that. Uh, there will be a place there to donate if you'd like to donate. Uh, volunteer, place to write your name and contact info down, and I'll reach out to you personally later um, to see in what capacity you'd like to volunteer. Uh, mm-hmm. As simple as putting a sign out or as much as knocking on doors with me. And then there'll also be a, uh, a donations table. If you like contribute, um, any any kind of con- uh, contributions are greatly greatly appreciated. And this will be at Taps Tavern, correct? At in, Taps, which is in the Saucon Square Shopping Center on Route Three Seventy Eight, correct? Lower Saucon, in the heart of our in the heart of my district, the right? Thirty first. The hundred thirty first is kind of a quirky district in the way it's laid out it's the district that's everywhere and nowhere at the same time (laughs) it's um if you look at uh one of my kind of mentors someone that i've always looked up to in politics is bob freeman um you look at his district it's very well defined easton um then it kind of comes down a little tail into hellertown takes the borough uh the 131st covers part of lower salkin upper salkin uh coopersburg 
Center Valley, um, Emmaus Borough, um, a little bit of um, a tiny little scratch of Salisbury. Then it goes all the way down into Montgomery County. Right. So like Red Hill, Pensbury area. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's Which a, seems a world away from Hallertown. It, it really is. I, I've been going to a lot of events down there to try and really kind of get my feet wet down there. I know people up here. My business right. is up here. I was born and raised here. Um, I have support up here, thankfully. Down there, nobody knows me. So I've been trying to go down there more and more. And it's it's a drive. Yeah. You know, I was at a, an event for uh, Representative Joe Cerisi a week and a half, two weeks ago, uh, um, down in uh, Trap. And mm-hmm. it's an hour away. Yeah. <laughs> like, There's no quick way to get there. No, yeah. no, not at all. Who knew 663 went so long? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it, it is confusing, I think, for some of the constituents, too, especially if they've recently moved here. Mm-hmm. They think of Saucon Valley as one community, and it's split yes. now between these two districts. So that's, that's one reason why it's so important. This election is so important because we do a redistricting every 10 years. And uh, the districts have really been gerrymandered um, mm-hmm. to favor, well, to, who, uh, who actually um, was in power was the Republicans at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and they kind of, you know, gerrymandered their, their districts to make sure that their candidates had strong support. But if you, I challenge you to look at a district map of the state and tell me what the 131 or 132nd district is doing. Or the, uh, was it, 141? You know, like, look at all of them. They're supposed to be laid out by uh, constituency. Mm-hmm. Roughly the same number of constituents per district. Right. Um, but you have, you look at districts that, you know, come straight up a county line and then bring in like one block of a community. Because uh, nobody will admit this, but that block might be strong Republican or Democrat to help or hurt a candidate so people can keep their seats. Right. And it's, frankly, it's very shameful. So it's, it's really important to kind of get new people, new faces in there to really kind of look at these things and, and make these districts indiscriminately. Make them, you know, okay, this, my district has 68,000, so just say for argument that everybody has 68,000 constituents. Make them very structured. Okay, here's your 68,000. And make it by community, not by street, you know, yeah. not by where the, the voter registration is. What are some of the other issues that you would like to tackle uh, if, if elected to the House of Representatives? The biggest one is education. There's so many issues out there. I was fortunate enough to be on an NBC uh, roundtable discussion with uh, Harry Smith a few weeks ago or a few months ago now that was aired on Lester Holt's show. Hmm. which was an awesome experience. Yeah, Uh, um, I'll get you links. But um, uh, that was a phenomenal experience. But I'm listening to everybody's... We went around the table and everybody had their one concern. You know, that one thing that was bothering them uh, um, that they would like to see the next president fix. And I just kept thinking about it. Like, it all goes back... Like, those are all... Think of a tree. Those are all the branches. Mm. What affects all those? So you think of the big topic issues... uh, um, Minimum wage, uh, prison reform, uh, um, student loan debt. Um, I mean, you can go on and on and on. Brain drain in Pennsylvania um, specifically, but a lot of states are dealing with the same thing. And you're looking at it and say, okay, what uh, universal health care? All these hot-button issues that we hear presidential candidates talking about, right? 
but nobody's giving a root analysis. Everybody's saying how we fix this one issue. But you can't just fix one issue and expect it to be better and not look at the entire picture. So my viewpoint is you look at education as a whole, right? And that's more down the trunk of the tree, okay? In this state, we've cut education funding at 40% over the past 10 years. Uh, don't quote me on the exact numbers, but it's something like $11.7 billion to like $6 billion, uh, something, something close to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but it cut 40%, right? And then at the same time, you look at student loan crises, right? We, at the same time, our student, ro- student debt has increased 275% per individual, right? The, the um, state average is $22,000 of student loan debt per individual. Frankly, I don't know one person who only has $22,000 of student loan debt. I have right. way more than that uh, mm-hmm. between my wife and I. Then you, you look at other things. You know, a big hot-button issue in PA is school property taxes. Well, we're in Saucon Valley right now. Saucon Valley, I'm just making up numbers here, has a $10 million budget, right? If the state is now giving them $6 million instead of $10 million, they need to make up that money from somewhere. Mm-hmm. It has to come from somewhere. So that turns to, hey, Josh, sorry, your, your uh, property tax is going up three mils. Right. You know what I mean? Across the board. And for someone who's young and can work and maybe pick up a few more hours or get a little bit of a raise and kind of make that extra money, that's fine. But now we're talking about people that are elderly, that are on a fixed income, or maybe they're in a job that's a dead end that they're not getting raises. Well, now that means other things are tighter. You know what I mean? And it all goes back to education. There's no reason why we should have to pay so much for um, like early childhood education, early childhood development. Don't get me wrong, these people do a phenomenal job and they don't get paid enough, frankly. But the state keeps stripping more and more funding from those, from those daycare centers. So now those daycare centers are pretty much just operating on a tuition basis. They're not getting any kind of funding from the state. I shouldn't say any kind. Of, they're getting very little compared to what they were 10 years ago. So now it turns out that the, the parents have to pay more for those kids to get uh, daycare and early childhood education. Now, a big... Um, the big uh, side to that is uh, um, people say, well, why should I have to pay for someone else's childcare? Because you want to educate a workforce. You want kids growing up and going to school and being educated and learning languages at a young age and learning arithmetic and everything at a young age. So now your area is more desirable, your property values go up, and now congratulations, you can sell your house for 50% more than you bought it for. Right. You know, Plus somebody else help pay for your education uh, at yeah, one time. The, yeah, like, that that's, goes without saying. You know, everybody, uh, it, it's, it's the right of the community to kind of bring everybody up together. It's the, uh, you know, what's the old saying? It takes a community to, to raise a child. Mm-hmm. It really does. It's, I think we've gone too far into the world where people just kind of keep themselves and stay in their houses and go to work and that's it. And we're not out there enough and doing things like, you know, the brewery does um, the uh, Harvest Festival, helps out with that uh, whole um, festival every year to raise money for these kids so they can play youth sports. Some people might just look at it as like football and baseball, but you got to look at it more than that. These kids are learning how to be 
good kids, which grow up to be good adults, which grow up, grow up to be great human beings. Mm-hmm. And those are feature leaders of our communities. Right. I was a product of it. You know, I know Kenny was. Uh, um, and the costs involved in youth sports today are astronomical oh compared God. to what they were then. Yeah, I, so, I remember when um, uh, when my brother used to play uh, uh, youth sports football, they would get these ratty old um, mesh jerseys and all that and, you know, secondhand uh, helmets and shoulder pads from the high schools and all. And they had really no money, but they made do with what they could. Mm-hmm. This year, I was a coach for a four- and five-year-old flag football team in Southern Lehigh. It's like herding cats. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most frustrating and rewarding thing I've ever done in my entire life. But um, Is that your son's team? Yeah, yeah, it was great. But at the same time, you look at what these kids have now. Because it's a community that supports the, the players. Right. So these kids grow up to be good, well-adjusted young adults. And then eventually grow up to be great human beings, you know, and, and later in life actually stand up and, and be contributing members to society. They're not out on the streets and getting into drugs and getting into trouble and, you know, because they had a good foundation from the beginning. We need to do that as a community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think Hellertown's like a really cool microcosm of what he's talking about, too. And obviously every community has areas we can work on and things we can improve on. But all that said... Um, you know, from opening, open, yeah. cheers. Oh, cheers. Um, you know, op- being part of opening a business here with three, with three partners in Lost Tavern and seeing what Kevin's doing, um, at Main Street Gym and, and the community that surrounds them. And then from being able to give back to the community through charitable events like Harvest Fest or Hops for Hope, which is for uh, pediatric cancer we do every year through, uh, Penn State's Thawne. It's just been, it's been cool to see this community really rally around the small businesses because candidly when we were planning on opening the brewery up in Hellertown. People thought we were a little crazy because of the fact that it's a small town. It's kind of a thought as like a pass-through town sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, being the Fort Fort corridor. And, yeah. And, you know, there's all these big towns that are kind of have been developing over the last, you know, 10 to 20 years pretty substantially. We're so happy we, we picked our home and to do it here because it's <coughs> it's been awesome from a perspective of our, our local patrons are our blood, whether it be you know, a local newspaper and, you know, reporting as, as you do so well, um, a brewery, a gym, Braveheart being an awesome pub down the street. Uh, we aren't anything without our local community. And I think it's been a really huge credit to everybody in this town rallying behind these businesses and how we do it. Um, because sure, we love seeing people, you know, with license plates from Vermont or Connecticut pull up to the brewery and say, Hey, we've heard about you guys. Awesome. Great. Well, they're not going to be here tomorrow. Our community mm-hmm. is, and and that's what's going to make sure that we're here tomorrow. So it's really important um, to us, and I know Kevin shares these viewpoints because we talk about it all the time. Um, but yeah, I for you guys listening out there, thank you for that. So absolutely, we wouldn't be here without it, no doubt. And and this has and 2019 has been a, a huge year for Lost Tavern. You've opened a second location in Bethlehem. So, second location. So our Pilsner is called Main to Main because we went from one Main Street to just one oh. like five miles away. But we have a second tap room, and we actually just uh, closed early last year on a uh, warehouse, pretty much space right behind the brewery. So it's a pitching wedge away from the space. But it was really important to us to keep um, the future production site within Hellertown as much as we can. So that will allow us to 
substantially increase production over the year, uh, over the next couple of years as we start to build that out. Interesting and challenging and fun times ahead, so a lot more. Stay tuned. <laughs> and and we're excited here at Hawkins Source to cover the future developments and uh, Thank you. partner with you on that. Proud to be part of it. Yeah. I guess to close things off, Kevin, I kind of wanted to change change subjects, go from politics back to the gym a bit and talk about New Year's. It's a time when a lot of people think about joining a gym, you know, making a resolution to become healthier. What what would you recommend and, and why do that at Main Street Gym? So the biggest thing I can recommend to anybody is make a legitimate goal. Don't say I'm going to lose weight. Don't, don't say... I'm going to lose an indiscriminate number. I'm going to lose 50 pounds, 30 pounds, 10 pounds, whatever it is. Have a reason. Have a game plan. All right? Mm -hmm. So I could say I'm going to drive to California and never pick up a map. Eventually, I'll get there. Eventually, if I keep at it. Right. Right? But if I opened up a map and had a plan and kind of chunked it out and said I'm going to drive this many miles each day, I'm going to get there much quicker, much more efficiently. Right. Same thing with with uh, fitness. If you look at it and say, okay, January 1st, new year, new me, I'm, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to make a real change. I need to do it. Right. Actually have legitimate goals. Say, okay, this first month, I want to lose five pounds. Okay. When people say, eh, it's only five pounds, I'll give you a five pound plate. Walk around with it for a day. It's five pounds. It's a lot of weight. Right. One day, one time I had a guy, his name was John. John was awesome. He was uh, severely overweight. Uh, he was a prison worker. And um, he said, you know what? I'm tired of not being able to scratch my own back. Uh, I'm tired of having a hard time getting out of a chair. So he came to me and we worked out as much as he could three days a week. And every day he would, or I'm sorry, every week he would park one spot back from the gym. So the first week he parked right in front of the gym. Next week, he parked one step, step uh, spot back, and so on, until and he ended up, he was parking in front of Rocco's, and he'd wow. walk to the gym, we'd work out for a half hour, and he'd walk back, right? Um, after the first month of doing this, he, um, he only lost 15 pounds, right? Was, he couldn't stick on the diet quite as tightly as I've, I wanted him to, and he kind of got all down on himself that he only lost 15, and he was working so hard. So one workout without saying anything, I gave him a 15 pound dumbbell or a kettlebell, I'm sorry. And we did the entire workout with 15 pound kettlebell, the entire thing. On his breaks, he went, go get a drink, go ahead, take your kettlebell with you. Hmm. And at the end of the, at the, end of the uh, workout, a little bit more profanity, but he said, why am I holding this, <laughs> this kettlebell? Why won't you let me put it down? I said, because that's how much weight you lost. And his arms were dragging. And he was he was just dying with how much weight like he was holding because he just wasn't able to put that 15 pounds down. I said, you've been carrying that 15 pounds around for the past 10 years plus, right? So don't underestimate the small steps, right? Well, I, the reason I say that is everybody says, you know, they work their butts off and they watch what they eat and they, you know, skip out on desserts and stuff like that. And at the end of the month, they lost five pounds. I'm like, oh, it's only five pounds. But it's five pounds less than what you weighed before. Mm-hmm. All right? So lay out a legitimate plan. You know, everybody focuses on weight loss, but other people need weight gain. You know, I have, um, I have one young man that comes in that's really skinny. Really, really skinny. 
He was self-conscious. So eventually I kept working out with Kenny. <laughs> um, no, no, um, he, he kept coming in and all of a sudden he started seeing some growth. And he started looking better, started feeling better. And you noticed he was more self-confident. He was standing up taller. He was wearing more form-fitting clothes. He wasn't wearing sweatshirts that are three sizes too big for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, but again, you set a plan and keep to it and just make it part of your day. Never, never use the excuse, well, I don't have time today. You had time to brush your teeth, didn't you? Right? That's part of your day. You know, I'm sure you'll have time tonight to sit in front of um, TV and watch the newest episode of The Voice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <clears throat> you got to make time with whatever you do. You have to make it part of your day. Uh, I, for example, I wanted to start reading more. I don't have time to read. I just don't. I have two young kids at home. Uh, when I put them to bed, it's time for me and my wife to you know, talk and talk about our day. So you make time. I listen to books, driving to work every day. You get 12 minutes to and from work every <laughs> single day. Uh, um, reading a great one on Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt right now, or listening to. But you have to go at it with a plan. Uh, don't just indiscriminately say, okay, I'm going to do this. And don't say, <clears throat> on top of that, don't say, I'm going to get to the gym every day. That's not realistic. You know what I mean? It's say, okay, I'm going to start with one day a week. All right, make it every Monday I'm going to be at the gym because that's where I can fit in. And then next week or next month, say, you know what? I think I can fit a day in on Wednesday. You know, so you fit in an extra few minutes on Wednesday. And eventually you're going to be up to four or five days a week that you can get into the gym. Yeah, you're going to have your hiccups here or there, but you got to get right back to it. Um, reason why you should uh, pick Main Street Gym over any other gym. Flat out service. We talked, this, we talked about this before. Josh, I know when the last time you were in. All right? Uh-oh. It was three years ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to, to, work out, to work out. <laughs> You've been in several times just to visit, say hi. Where did the yeah. time go? So sorry to throw that out there. But I know these things. You've got to go someplace that's going to hold you accountable. You know, you can join a big box gym and they don't care when you come in or when you go, what you do, what your progress was, how you're feeling about yourself or your workouts. They don't care. Yeah. Them. That's all they care about. Right? They don't contribute to communities. They don't donate to the school districts. They don't have a harvest fest like you know Lost Tavern does. When's the last time you saw Anheuser-Busch throw a, a, a festival for community sports? It doesn't happen. Right? Because they don't care about their communities. They care about their profits and their, share, and their shareholders, stakeholders. So when you, when you pick a gym, you want to pick people that actually care about your development, you know, your, your progress. So when you come in, I say, Josh, I haven't seen you in a little bit. What gives, man? How, how are we going to fix this that you can get in here more often? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to say to me, just like everybody says, and say, well, I've been really busy. I said, I understand. I open at 5.30 in the morning, right? How about you get up a half hour early and come in, and I'll just give you a, a quick workout two days a week, mm-hmm. right? That's it. Just a half hour. What's a half hour of sleep going to do? Listen. I have a six-month-old. I haven't gotten more than three hours of sleep in, in, a, in a night in six months, <laughs> if not more. Uh, um, an extra half hour is, is not going to kill you. So come in, get a little bit of routine going. It helps you in every facet of your life. Depends if you train him or not, I might kill him. Yeah, true. true. But <laughs> I go easy. every day to me. So. <laughs> I go easy. I take, I take my uh, frustration, frustrations out on Kenny's workouts. Yeah, it's painful. I might have to take you up on that. <laughs> I got time uh, Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> well, no time like the present. Exactly. 
that's great advice, Kevin. Um, I just want to close out by having you guys explain how people can connect with you online uh, through your websites and social media. Go ahead. You can go first. Uh, we're at Lost Tavern Brewing on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, so it's Lost underscore Tavern underscore Brewing uh, or our website LostTavern.beer or LostTavernBrewing.com. Both work. Uh, that has our weekly uh, music schedules, food schedules, beer releases coming up, and then you can sign up for our um, newsletter that's sent out pretty much once a month, every other month sometimes, uh, depending on events and, and beer releases coming up to stay, stay on the know. So. And you do a phenomenal job with social media. Thank I you. just want to say that because <laughs> posts are always on point and really attractive. And just trying to learn every day. So yeah. Thank you. So my social media is not nearly as good as Kenny's. <laughs> it's hard to compete with beer. I took your pictures for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, when he was taking my pictures, they were phenomenal. When he leaves it up to me, they're not nearly as good. Um, you can come see us, obviously, at 910 Main Street, Hellertown. We've been there for 26 years. Uh, 27 years as of tomorrow, uh, two days from now. Or online, uh, Facebook, Instagram, search Main Street Gym. Uh, um, there's a few of us in the country, but we're the only one in Hellertown. Uh, um, also, uh, as if you want to con- connect with me on uh, political end of things, I'm more than happy to sit down and talk to anybody that has any questions, concerns. You can just uh, search uh, on Instagram or Facebook, Branco for State Rep. My uh, Facebook page, I keep pretty pretty on top of it. My Instagram is lagging a little bit, but I will get back to you. Uh, um, my website will be up hopefully hopefully by the end of the week. Um, and that is uh, brancoforstaterep.com, all spelled out. Uh, that'll have um, places where you can contact me, um, uh, sign up for volunteering, you can read about my platforms, my history a little bit, and you can also donate there if you like. Side note, these things are very expensive and we depend on the, the donations of constituencies. Um, I don't care if you're talking about the mayor of Hellertown or the president of the United States, we, we depend on uh, constituency donations, um, especially in a state rep campaign. There's no such thing as big money donor. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no such thing as as a corporate, you know, uh, someone that gave a million dollars. It's all about the 10 and 20 and $30 donations and occasional $100 donation that someone can make uh, because they believe in you, um, believe in your, your mission, you know, your, your goals and your politics. So yeah, if, uh, if anybody wants to sit down with me, they're more than happy to reach out to me on any facet. You can call me at the gym Go on my website, email me, um, go on the campaign pages. I'd be more than happy to talk to anybody that wants to sit and let me let me bend their ear for a little bit. Yeah, or and you can also join Main Street Gym and then absolutely you can hear me. You can, you can you can hear me ramble all day long. <laughs> well, thank you again both for being here, and I'm sure we'll want to have you on again in the future. Thank you. Happy we appreciate New Year. It. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Cheers. 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 And now I'd like to welcome Tony Lucini, better known as the Lehigh Valley Weather Authority, to No Rain Date. Tony has been providing our uh, weekly weather forecast since we launched No Rain Date back in late November, but he's actually um, been 
sharing weather forecasts and other weather-related news on Facebook for nearly a decade, uh, which is really awesome. His um, Facebook page, if you haven't visited, is Lehigh Valley Weather Authority, and I would encourage you to like and follow him, um, especially this time of year when the winter weather can be active, although it really hasn't been too active uh, so far. We're going to talk about that in a bit. Um, welcome, Tony. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, what got you interested in weather in the first place, and, and how old were you, and how did you get where you are today? Uh, definitely <clears throat> was the snow. I would track winter storms probably from fifth grade on. So basically the end of elementary school is when I really got into it. I would give weather reports to my friends at school and I would actually get to the point where I would be kind of like in charge of posting the weather forecast in fifth grade, sixth grade, up until probably high school. I would do that. I'd post a forecast on the bulletin boards, and I was actually on the um, the school morning news doing mm. the weather. So That's a pretty big responsibility when yeah, you're that age. Yes, exactly. But it gave you a taste of developing a following yes. at, at a young age. And yes. this was in Palmerton? Or? No, this started in Bethlehem. In Bethlehem. And then I moved to the Parkland School District. Okay. So that's where most of my years were, and then... Once I started having my family and everything, we moved up to Palmerton. And then you thought about going to school for weather, but ultimately yeah. decided that yeah, your so career was going to take a different course. Yeah, so back in when I was in Parkland School District, I would have been 18, 19 years old. I was looking into going to school for meteorology, but uh, I had some meetings with Glenn Schwartz over at NBC 10 and he basically talked me out of it and you know he said I didn't have the face <laughs> for TV but I had the voice for radio more or less so you know with LVWA on Facebook it started out in I started that in 2010 and what 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 happened with that was it was mainly to streamline just for me to for f friends and family to to see the weather forecast you know and i didn't expect it to really grow to what it it's become today you know with the follow i have a following of over sixty thousand people you know which is just about all all the people are from the lehigh valley right you know and that's like one in ten or one in eleven people in the lehigh valley or yeah, something like that so you know i started out in the first two years i had you know a couple hundred followers and then you start calling some big snowstorms correct and people are sharing it and, and now you're really jumping you know some winters i was getting ten thousand new followers you know in two months you know which wow. is really good numbers for that kind of growth so i would love that kind of growth <laughs> yeah ten thousand it's more like 100 for me <laughs> well yeah we talked yeah that's obviously a good thing to have that many followers. It can also be, I guess, a challenge when yes. you have that many followers. Can yeah, you talk definitely. a little bit about that? It definitely becomes more of a challenge when you blow calls. And I don't like to blow calls, and it's actually a shot at my self-esteem because a lot of people, when you get a snowstorm wrong, 
you know, you're upset that you didn't get the snow, but I'm also upset because I love snow and snow definitely brings me income from different fashions. I'm, I'm actually in the snow removal business as well. So, uh, you know, I feel you when there's no snow. And we try not to be wrong as far as that, but sometimes things just happen and Mother Nature has its own course for how things play out. It seems like almost every storm now, they, well, not just you, but everybody says it has a complicated setup. Yes. Is that just because of the, the region we live in or what? Well, we we kind of see storms that are called Miller Bs, and those are storms that have a transfer. When you have one low pressure coming in from the Midwest, that, that uh, energy has to transfer to an offshore coastal low. And if those aren't timed perfectly, that's where you see the difference in track. Like in the beginning of December there, when we were supposed to get five to 10 inches of snow, that track, you know, it, it was 100 miles too far east. That transfer occurred just a little too late. And that's why New Jersey got the snow that the Lehigh Valley was supposed to get. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just, they're very tricky storms when it comes to the, the coastal transfers. Is there a Miller A? There's a Miller A, and the Miller A is a, 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 a low-pressure system that originates from the Gulf. And those are much easier to predict because there's no transfer involved. They originate down in the Gulf, and they come, you just follow the, the track of it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about that transfer of energy. It's one ball of energy coming from the south to the north. Simple as that. So like the 1993 Superstorm, is that like a Miller A? Yes, and so was 96. 96, yeah. Yeah. We we want a good Miller A this year. Yes, and 2016 was actually a Miller A as well. Okay. Jonas, as the Weather Channel named it. (laughs) Yeah, how do we... I'm not not crazy about the idea of naming the the snowstorms. I I don't even follow it, to be honest with you. Yeah, but you're you're immersed in it, so you probably remember them regardless. Yeah, well, 2016, you can't forget that. Right. 31.9 inches of snow yeah. at the airport. That was crazy. I remember yeah. it was not forecast to be that intense No, that here. band st- stuck over us, and we were getting, I think, four or five inches of snow per hour. Mm-hmm. And I was actually with PennDOT at the time, so I was plowing. I was on 78 plowing snow, and I, my dad kept calling me, and he was like, I'm watching the news, and I just can't believe this. They're saying this band is just parked over us, and I said... I'm on 78 and it's a whiteout and there's feet of snow. This is crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I was too young to remember 96. I mean, I have pictures of it, but I mean, I was four years old. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that was before my time a little bit, before my memory. So I'm, I'm glad I got to live 26, the blizzard of 2016. Yeah. I, I hope we get something else like that, you know. I do so. too. I'm, <laughs> I'm a snow lover. I love experiencing it reporting it um i remember 2016 i think i woke up at four in the morning and it was overperforming, and i just yeah. started writing about it and i just kept going i didn't go back to bed yep. um because you just have to run with it at that point mm-hmm. but i also remember 96 and oh even 83 like which was a big blizzard when i was uh five years old yeah, long before my time yeah <laughs> I can remember the snow being as high as I was. Um, I think that was like 28 inches or something like that. So that was a big one. 
and that's when snow stuck around. Yes. You know, it stayed. There were piles of snow and snow on the grass all winter long. Yeah, that was another thing I wanted to ask you. I mean, it seems like we, even if we get the snow, we don't get the cold, no. the lasting cold you don't anymore. Get cold. I mean, we barely get ice on the fountain now in Hellertown, yeah. like the big ice. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to get that a lot. So, does that any any idea why? No, I don't. We talk about it a lot in the weather community. I don't know if it's scientifically proven, but we like to look at it and we think it's the earth, I guess the earth's weather is comes in cycles like of, of 20 to 25 years. Mm-hmm. So you look at the 80s and 90s, they were cold all winter long. The snow stuck around all winter long. And then you look at the 2000s and, you know, the 2010s that you get that, that period where it's you get snow and then it melts three days later. You know, we look at it as just a cycle of, of this area's weather. You have 20, 25 years of cold in the winter and then 20, 25 years of just unsustained cold and and snow here and there and more ice and freezing rain and, and sleet and that. Mm-hmm. Well, then we're due to sort of head uh, yeah, into another, in, uh, not a mini ice age, but... Well, yeah, I don't like, know about that, but... <laughs> But some colder, some colder winters possibly, yeah. which which um, would be nice yeah. for those of us that like the snow. Yeah, we do. If you look at that pattern, yeah. And also good. We were talking about this earlier for the uh, parts of our local economy that mm-hmm. um, depend on snow, the ski resorts, the snowplow drivers, the landscapers. Yep. Um, you know, it it can be an inconvenience uh, for sure, but mm-hmm. um, it's also. Uh, part of a normal part of winter in Pennsylvania yeah. and like you said part of the economy right because a lot of people rely on that money you know especially in the snow removal industry yeah so. absolutely what is January looking like at this point we're at well today's December 30th so we're almost into January yes um, well you know as you know there, there hasn't been really sustained cold and outside of the snow squalls there really hasn't been any snow I think there might have been an inch recorded at the airport for that snow squall. So that's probably what we have so far this winter. What we need, we obviously, you know, you look outside today, it's raining. We obviously have the moisture there, but we don't have the cold air. So what we're seeing heading into the middle part of January is the the polar vortex is trapped very far up into Canada and up at the poles. That's going to start to break off. That's what you need to get the cold air. Mm -hmm. You get that to break off and start to rotate and push to the south into our area. And that's what we're starting to see. We're starting to see the models break that polar vortex up and bring a more sustained Arctic air into the area. Now, will it be sustained as far as all winter long? Probably not, you know, but I think there's gonna be more times where we're gonna see cold cold shots. You know, you have a week, at a, uh, it might be a week of cold and then it gets warmer back up into the 40s mm-hmm. and then we just have to time the moisture with that cold air to get the the accumulating snows right and hopefully less ice and more snow yeah like right now like the cold days it's like a high of like 42 or something yeah. which is actually well above average yes yeah. um and we're having days well into the 50s so yes. About a week from now, is that when we might see a change? Yeah, I am watching a storm in the 8th to 10th period of January. And that's 
kind of going to be a thread the needle event, uh, you know, as far as timing the moisture and the cold air. But I think after, especially after January 15th is when we're starting to see some changes as far as the cold air goes. Now, one thing I want to bring up is you look to the winter of 2014 into 2015, that winter we didn't see any real accumulating snow until after the middle of January. Now, we had days in that January that were up to 60 degrees. And everybody thought, well, this winter's a bust, it's a bust. But that winter, from January 15th into you know the end of March, March 20th, whatever, we saw 48 inches of snow at Lehigh Valley Airport. Mm-hmm. Now, that March, we had 18 inches of snow. It was 17 or 18 inches of snow. So, you know... I would lean more towards, obviously, this is going to be a, a back-loaded winter with most of our snow coming in February and most likely the beginning of March, which has kind of been the pattern here the past couple of years. Yeah, which is why it, we end up feeling like we had like a six-month winter. Yes. Because it starts yes. off real dreary and then yep. it drags and yeah. drags. I personally don't April. like that because I I wish snow fell from December to the end of February and that was it because yeah. as soon as March comes you're, you're getting ready for spring you want to go fishing and, and get out mm-hmm. there you know and now it's still snowing here it's the middle of March and you're like you know, when's spring going to come yeah <laughs> Mother Nature has not been very kind no. to Pennsylvania <laughs> in recent years how can people uh, you know follow you and subscribe to your forecasts um, always on Facebook Lehigh Valley Weather Authority I'm on Twitter and more so the Twitter comes during winter storms. I'm on there tweeting models and kind of more inf- uh, um, informal. Oh, okay. Informal. That's the word I'm looking for. And on Instagram, LVWA Weather, and always at LVWAweather.com. Okay. And Tony also has some advertising opportunities yes. on his Facebook, um, which he can tell you more about if you message the page. He has some awesome um, apparel swag type stuff which um he generally brought us a uh, beanie uh, which i will wear happily and uh once it gets cold hopefully yeah (laughs) um so check that out and um yeah definitely follow and subscribe he's he's always on top of the weather so thank you for joining us tony thank you for having me No Rain Date is an original production of Sock and Source, LLC. Our theme music is provided by This Way to the Egress. For more great music by them, be sure to follow This Way to the Egress on Spotify. Thank you for listening. Every night, he climbs the tower, sees your face on every dollar.